Welcome home. As you listen to New Life the Fort, may you continue to experience the fullness of joy, life, and Christ in the days ahead. Let's read Colossians chapter 2, verse 9 to 10. I'm going to read from the NIV. Colossians chapter 2. If it's not yet there, just listen. It says here, For in Christ all the fullness of the deity, which is God, lives in bodily form. And in Christ you have been brought to fullness. Somebody say, I am full in Christ. He is the head over every power and authority. Father, help us this morning, every day of our lives. Help us understand what you're saying. Help us truly realize that we cannot find fullness anywhere else in this world, but only in you. And we can declare, we can say, we have fullness in Christ Jesus. We pray this in your name. Amen and amen. As you well know, this year is our year of fullness. And, uh, you know, I've been talking to Pastor Giselle, Pastor Paul. And uh, there's also this sense of uh, urgency. And we need to understand that it's not just a year of fullness, but over our conversation, something also emerged that there's this acceleration it's gonna be faster than you think i'll preach on this side because uh, i think this side is responsive enough there's this acceleration the fullness is coming quickly amen because whatever you thought fullness was at the beginning of the year it's far greater by the end of it it's much bigger it's greater, it's better, it's wider, it's grander than what we're thinking. That's why I believe God is bringing these things faster. And we've been talking about hungers. We've been talking, of course, about fullness. And uh, Pastor Tom was here a couple of weeks back and uh, just spirit-filled person. Um, I don't know if you were here, but towards the last service, you know, we've seen a miracle uh, uh, a lady who comes to this church, hasn't walked for seven years, got up out of her wheelchair and started walking. It's an awesome thing. And uh, I believe it doesn't have to be in special services that these things happen. I believe it can happen right here. You may not have an illness in your physical body, but there's this thing, there's a, there's a prayer, there's, there's something that you want of to be filled in your life. Let, let it be. Right? Let it be. And uh, speaking about fullness, you, you cannot desire to be filled without recognizing the fact that there are areas in your life that needs to be filled. In fact, we were talking about hunger, hungers, uh, past few, few weeks ago. And... Uh, Psychologists have determined certain things generally for humanity. What is humanity looking for? Regardless whether you're a Christian or even if you're not, generally people are longing for certain things. I don't know if you'll have the image there. But these are the things 
that people have identified or doctors and uh, people who study these things. Again, not necessarily Christian, but it's very telling about what people need in life. Number one, love. People need love. Who among you need love right now? Oy. Okay? People need a place to belong. That's number two. People need to have significance, that they want their life to matter. The next one, number four, is whether you recognize it, all these things, it, is, it may be something that you've, you've spoken out, or it may be something that you cannot verbalize, you, but it's within you, these are the things that you want to see in your life. Love, uh, a place to belong, significance, Number four, growth. You want to see yourself grow. You don't want to stay the same. Is it true? And lastly, number five, people want security. People want to know that they are secure. Okay? On the other side, you have five questions that we need to answer. Again, whether you've thought about these things, whether you recognize it, somehow these questions need to be answered in our lives. And they all kind of line up together if you put it together with the longings of people at the same time the questions of people. Number one, we need to answer the question of who am I? Who am I? There's this, there's this play that we did before called First Name. And the first song talks about names, right? What's in a name? The, your identification, right? It's very important. If you don't know who you are, you know, you've seen movies or read stories about people uh, coming out of an accident or something traumatic, and they wake up and they don't remember anything. They don't know who they are. They don't know the people that's around them. It's very important to find out who we are. The next question that needs to be answered is, where am I from? Isn't that true? One of the first things people will ask is, what's your name? And then oftentimes they'll ask you, so where are you from? Is this true? Yes. Where are you from? The next question would be, why am I here? Maybe somebody's asking that right now. Why am I here in this church? What is this? <laughs> the next question is, what can I do? What can I do? What's my capacity? The last question would be, where am I going? And the answer to these things really the question of who am I is a question of identity. That is very, very big in our time right now where people can say, I am this one moment and another moment I feel like I'm this now. Identity. It's not just your identity but who you identify with is very important. The question of where I'm from is origin. Now, this is not origin where, it's not a question of 
your province or your ethnic background. It goes way past that. A question of origin is a question of where you really came from before here. The question of origin. To some degrees, to, to some extent, or to an extreme extent, some people would say, well, it's all by chance. It's just, you know, lots of millions and billions of years, and then, and then suddenly there's this thing and another thing came together, and voila, that's you. Is that what we believe? Is that your origin? Or is it something much greater? Maybe you didn't come from something. Maybe you came from someone. Why am I here? It's important for our lives to matter. We need our lives to mean something. Some people, they live their lives as if it's meaningless. But I believe every person here matter. You matter. Look at the person beside you. They matter. Their lives mean something. Tell them, you mean something to me. Oy. Praise the Lord. The next question would be, it's not just a question of meaning, but then, so then what can I do? The question of what I can do, what can I do, is a question of what's my potential and what's my purpose. The question of potential and purpose. I like potential. Potential is always something in the future. If you're operating in a certain gift right now, it ceases to be potential. Because you're already operating in it. There's always something better. That's potential. And God is a God of potential because He is omnipotent. His all potential. And if you want to know what your potential is and how to operate in that, you go to the God who is all potential. Omnipotent. Right? Lastly here is where am I going? It's more than just a question of destination, but also of destiny. What is your destiny? You see... People can settle for, okay, well, I'm in Christ. I'm going to heaven. That's my final destination. But your destiny is not just to go to heaven, but to reveal heaven, to display heaven, to demonstrate heaven, to live heaven here on earth so that not, not just you can enjoy it, but you can show people that it is something that they can enjoy as well. Amen? Let us not be exclusive. Let's show them that God has included them in His plan. So the answer to all of this, the, the, the longing for love, lines up with the question of who am I? My identification. Who do I identify with? The question of where am I from? You long for a place to belong. To say that that is home. Why am I here? Meaning, you want your life to be significant. You want, your, you want to be able to contribute something. Isn't it true that 
somehow whether you're recognized or not, whether you're acknowledged or not, knowing that you you contributed something that that made somebody's life better, doesn't it feel good to be able to help somebody? Even the Bible says it is better to give than to receive. Because somehow there's a joy that cannot be replaced, that cannot be um, um, fabricated when we impart something, when we give something. I guess that's why when Jesus was dying on the cross, the scripture says, but for the joy that was set before him, he gave his life. What can I do? Your potential, your purpose. You cannot tap into your potential unless you grow. Your desire, your longing to be better. Your growth. That's why you're here. Do you know when you come to church, it's, it's not just to be able to say, I went to church that Sunday. I pray that we're beyond just ticking a box. It's more than just attendance. It's participation. It's also a place of learning. You know, you can, you can come to church and learn something different about who Jesus is. And not just something that you can say in your head, oh, I know it. But it's something that you can actually apply in the world outside. It is useless to just come here and at the end of the day, during the rest of the week, whatever you heard here is not displayed outside. It's not manifested outside. If you're not seeing anything that you're hearing here and you're not sensing it, you're not feeling it, you're not touching it, and it's not demonstrated outside, something will be missing. But why do you keep coming? I pray that you go beyond, well, because my parents are here. Or because my girlfriend is here. Or whoever. I pray that you begin to come, not because Pastor Mitch is so beautiful. See, it's you. That's why I'm here. She said that. Which I agree. I forgot what I was going to say. Every time I focus on on Jesus. I see you. I see Jesus in you. What can I do? Potential. It's not just every time you come here, we learn something. There There was a... a guy was speaking to me, and he said his, his relative visited. And the first few days, the first few weeks that this, this guy was attending, he said, the teaching is wrong. It's, you know, um, there's something wrong with, uh, with what he's hearing, because how come he's not hearing that his life is miserable, and you know, life is hard, and all of that? And then later on, because we kept teaching about Jesus Christ, our focus here is Jesus Christ. You know, there's one thing you can be sure of when you come here. What are we going to hear this week? I'm sure it's going to be Jesus. Yep. And uh, I don't think we're going to change our plan. Right? The church has been preaching Jesus Christ for 2,000 years. Our good news remains good news. Okay? After a couple of weeks, he changed his thinking. He said, you know, I... I feel lighter. I feel different. In fact, he said, uh, when we go back to the province, people need to hear this, that this is the real message. Somehow in, a, in just a span of a month or so, 
his mind shifted. In fact, at first you're like, what? What's this message of grace, of goodness? Because, you know, in, in religious settings, they always tell you what you need to do. But our focus here is what he has done so that you can find out what's already been accomplished in your life so you can go out in the world and just say, you know what? Life is restful. It does not mean work is not entailed. There's no work involved. No, there is good work involved, but it's not anymore so that I can please God. No, God is already pleased with me. That's so different. It's so empowering. So when you come here, you learn. And you begin to operate in your gifts and your calling. When you tap into that, there's joy. Where am I going? Question of destiny and destination is also an answer to the longing for security. Not just security for here and now, but eternal security. And all of these things, the longing, the question, and the answer, all of these things converge in the person of Jesus Christ. He is the only one who can answer all these things and put all these things in perspective in Him. The pursuit is not to find love outside, but the pursuit is to find out that you're already loved. It is in Jesus that you find all in all. Jesus is all and all. The Bible says that everything is through Him and for Him and by Him. And He's the one who holds all these things together. We need to look at Jesus a little closer. Because sometimes we go to church. It, is, it can happen, hopefully not in this church, that people can say amen here in church and then look for an answer elsewhere. But if we just truly realize that everything that you need, Jesus is the source. Jesus initiates. Jesus empowers. Jesus energizes. Jesus gives you the desire. Jesus gives you what you need so that you will operate in what pleases Him. That's crazy. Right? I'll read a couple of scriptures just to drive the point here. In John chapter 1, verse 2 to 3, the Bible says, and you're familiar with this, it says, He was in the beginning with God. Talking about Jesus Christ. All things were made through Him. Who's Him? Jesus. Without Him, nothing was made that was made. Now I'll read Colossians chapter 1, 15 to 20. I'll read it in two translations. In the New Living, it says here, and if you can, you can just follow if it's there, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and He is supreme over all creation. For through Him, God created everything in heaven, in, in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we cannot see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through Him and for Him. You were created through Him and you're also created for Him. You want to know what your meaning is? You discover it in Him. 
Because it is for Him. He existed before anything else and He holds all creation together. Have you ever experienced and felt like everything is, you know, coming apart in your life? Has that ever happened? Parang everything is just crashing. Everything is, you know, um, like they say before, when, when it rains, it pours. Have you ever had a day where you heard bad news and then another one followed and another one followed? Maybe you can relate. Well, hopefully not. I mean, it happened to Job. Read the story of Job and it's like, wow, everything was taken away from him in just like that. And sometimes it feels like that. But guess what? As far as God is concerned, he's still on the throne. He is still in control. I heard somebody say, he may not know what the future holds, but he knows who holds his future. And if we don't understand what's going on right this very moment, the only person you can cling to who understands everything and holds everything together is still Jesus Christ. He holds everything together. Christ also is the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead, who is the first in everything. For God, in all his fullness, was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. The reason why we can have the verses prior to that is because of what he did on the cross. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth. Yesterday, um, we were at a renewal of vows. And before... I stepped in to officiate the renewal of vows. There was a mass. And uh, once again, I experienced, I was at the back just listening to the father. And uh, it, was, it was interesting again to hear, peace be with you, peace be with you, peace be with you. And we can, we can say that in settings like that and still think that God is mad at us. But we need to realize before anything else, Jesus, because of his blood, because of what he did on the cross, as far as heaven is concerned, there is peace between heaven and earth. That was declared by the angel showing up to the shepherds in the field as Jesus was being born, before Jesus was born. I came with good tidings. Peace on earth and goodwill to all men. Peace on earth. Do you know that God is not angry with you? Because he's already forgiven you. God is not mad. He's, you, know, you don't have to go to somebody so that that person who you feel like he's closer to God because he attends church more or he's a worker or he's a praise and worship person or whatever or prayerful or that person always carries the bible he's probably closer to god oh that person always wears a cross it's not what's on you it's who's in you 
you're at peace with God. Let me read that in the Message Bible, Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 to 20. In the Message Bible, just listen, it's very interesting the way it's paraphrased here. It says here, we look at this sun. That's always a good starting point when you're looking at the sun. And see the God who cannot be seen. We look at the sun and see God's original purpose in everything created. For everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible, rank after rank after rank of angels. Everything got started in Him and finds its purpose in Him. Everything finds its purpose in Him. If you're looking for your purpose, what to do, why you're here, your meaning, your significance, everything, you find it only only, somebody say only, only in Him. Some people would tell you, some people would say, I think you're like this, or I think you're like that. Yes, that's fine, it's good, they may recognize the giftings that you have, but your purpose is only revealed in Christ Jesus. He was there before any of it came into existence and holds it all together right up to this moment. If your life feels like it's it's falling apart at the seams. Right this moment, God is still holding you together. Amen? If sometimes there's this restlessness in your, in your heart and you don't know what's going on, it may not feel like it. You may not feel it right now, but believe that He still holds your life together. Not a, nothing is, not, is too complicated or too hard. His hand is never too short to reach out and help. When it comes to the church, he organizes and holds it together like the head does a body. I, I declare this over our church. That he's holding this church together. He is the one who's organizing it, puts it in order. Verse 18 to 20, he was supreme in the beginning and leading the, uh, leading the resurrection parade. He is supreme in the end. From beginning to end, he's there, towering above everything, above everyone. I like this part. He says, says here, so spacious is he, so roomy that everything of God finds its proper place in him without crowding. There's no need to be afraid that God is going to run out of Spaces or resources. Don't ever think that you're praying, this sister here is praying for, for a promotion or a brand new car or, or a house or whatever it is. And then another person receives exactly what you're praying for and don't go, well, Anna, that's, that's what I was praying for. God gave it to you. It's not price is right or whatever. It's not any game show that it's only one winner. So spacious is He, so roomy, that everything of God finds its proper place in Him without crowding. I pray when we get to heaven, we don't compare houses. No, I don't think we'll end up doing that at all. When, it, when, you, when you see Jesus, oh, the beauty. I think you'll just be amazed. Complete. Completely in awe of who he is. Not only that, let's continue. Not only that, but all the broken and dislocated pieces of the universe 
all the broken and dislocated pieces of the universe. People and things, animals and atoms. Was there any part in your life that you worried because one atom is not in place? You know, generally we don't care about these things because we don't see these things. But he, if He, God Himself, cares about atoms, if the birds in the field and the lilies, right? If He cares about these things, how much more you? You are far more important to Him than all these things in the known universe and the unknown universe. <laughs> all the broken pieces... He will put it together. They will get properly fixed and fit together in vibrant harmonies. All because, it goes back, all because of His death, His blood that poured down from the cross. What does that mean? His finished work. His finished work. There is no good news outside of the cross. There's no good news outside of the finished work. So then, since we're talking about fullness in Christ, later on, some other week, we will talk about fullness of Christ. Right now, we're talking about fullness in Christ. The reason where, why we have fullness is because we receive fullness from Him. We are full in Him because He poured out His fullness into us. Listen, we do not receive what is left over from God. What we receive is what overflows from Him. We don't, we don't receive leftover, but what overflows. And Jesus is always overflowing. There's never a point that He is less than full. He is always full and He is always overflowing. And what we receive from Him, we receive out of His fullness. John chapter 1, verse 16 to 17. I'm going to read in the Amplified Version here. It's beautiful the way it's put together. It says here, And out of His fullness, and describes what fullness is, it means abundance. Is it there? Okay, just listen. Can you check if you have the ears? Check. Other one? Other one? Okay. Those who have ears to hear, let them hear. For out of His fullness, His abundance, we have all received. All of us have received. If you've received Christ, then you are part of this. And all share, and we, we are all supplied, one grace after another, and spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing, and favor upon favor, and gift heaped upon gift. It's not just gift on top of another gift. When you talk about a heap, it's a whole pile of gifts. Right? There's a, there's a heap of, of uh, junk there. There's a heap of clothes there. There's a, you're not, when you talk about a heap, it's not just a few pieces here and there. Put, put on top of one another. A heap is a whole lot. 
And the Bible says you received a whole lot of gifts. Verse 17, for while the law was given through Moses, what do we receive from Jesus? Grace, which is unearned, undeserved favor and spiritual blessing and truth came through Jesus Christ. What you receive from him is grace and truth and gift and spiritual blessing and all the good things that you desire, but you have it only in Christ because this is the fullness, this is the overflow that's emanating from him. So let's see. Let's visit that scripture that we read at the beginning. In Colossians chapter 2 verse 9, listen here, it says, I'm reading from the New Living Translation, it says here, in Christ, in Jesus, lives all the fullness of God in human body. In Christ, all the fullness of God lives in His human body. Now, I'm, I just want to make sure if you know, where is Jesus' human body right now? Human body, flesh. His flesh, is where, where is His flesh? It's in heaven, right? His body is here. The, we are a body, we are a spiritual body. We have flesh as members, but we are a spiritual body. His flesh, his human form is in, because I'm your pastor, I want to I teach you that his body right now is not in the grave, is not floating anywhere else here. His flesh, his body is in heaven. In Ephesians, it says, distributed certain things, the giftings and all of that. We'll get to that maybe before Jesus comes for sure. Or if he comes, we'll just ask him. Okay? But prior to Jesus Christ dying on the cross, everything that God is, is fully displayed in Christ Jesus. The Bible says he is the express image of the Father. So in Christ Jesus, in him... Prior to the cross, he demonstrated all the power and authority and everything that God is in him, in per Jesus, the person walking on the earth, right? But Jesus also, we need to understand that the Jesus is also our pattern for what life looks like when it is lived to the fullest. If you want to know what life looks like being lived to the fullest, we need to connect with Christ. A lot of the times, I know we understand this, and because we have needs and we have desires and longings and all of that, most of the time, a lot of the times when we read the Gospels, we're looking at the person who needs something. That's why they go to Jesus. You're blind. You're lame. You need provision. You need your desperate need for a miracle we can relate with that and they go to Jesus and Jesus performs, right? But I think it's also about time for us to switch our focus from somebody who just needs and focus on the person of Jesus Christ because He's also the one who said, greater things will you do than these things. So it's time for us 
to begin to relate to Jesus himself and watch and learn and receive the impartation that he's showing here, it's about time for us to live to the fullest. Not anymore. Yes, I recognize, we'll get to that in a bit, that there are needs. I'm not saying to deny these things, but I think we need to operate higher than our needs. Because if you operate just by your needs, then you will always look for something to satisfy that need. But if we op operate higher than our needs, not only that you are satisfied, but you also become what the Bible says, a source and a symbol of blessing. Can you imagine what that means? Anybody wants to be blessed here? Yes, I believe we all want to be blessed. But how about being a source and a symbol of blessing? You know, I still see people, and I'm not knocking them because this is what they believe. Every time they, you know, I just rode this car, uh, um, a private service, and the driver would always, every time he sees a, a small church, a big church, a cross, or whatever it is, he would make all these signs. Because every time they see, he sees that, he relates this is a symbol of something. And so it requires a response because there's something that I see. Can you imagine being a symbol of blessing? What does that look like? You are a symbol of blessing. People, you're walking in the mall and you go, Grabe yung tao niyang blessed. What would that look like? Wow. And do you know that scripture is found in the Old Testament? We're living in the New Testament where you have better promises, better covenant. Woo! We're not operating where Jesus, where, where the Old Testament is operating before. And that's great. We're in something that's much greater because we're operating out of the fullness of who Jesus is. Woo! That's greater. Now listen here. The Bible says in John chapter 3 verse 34, this is something that we also need to think about, that Jesus, while on the earth, the scripture says that he, Jesus, was sent by God and he speaks God's words for God gives him the spirit without limit. The spirit without limit. So Jesus, while walking on the earth, he was operating in the fullness of God, one person. One body, one person, operating in everything that God is. But when he rose from the grave, there's a shift that happened. I believe at the... Look at what the scripture says. Go to 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4 says, And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us a great and precious what? Promises. Where do you find his promises? In his word. In his word. Yes? Praise the Lord, you know, right? <laughs> In His Word. These are the promises that enable you to what? To share His divine nature. 
You know, oftentimes we read the scripture and it's just, it's nice to read. But when you stop and think, it's actually very crazy. It's a crazy thought that you have the ability through these promises to share divine nature. What does that mean? Divine nature. Now let's just begin to imagine what does heaven look like? Because that's where, that's where you know, God dwells. And if you want what's there to become operational here, not because it just popped out of our head, but because Jesus said, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What is available in the divine should be available here. And we have been given the ability to, to share in His divine nature. What does that look like? Do you think sickness? Do you think lack? you think fights and disagreements and all these things? No. Just pause for a bit and think. I have been given access to God's divine nature. That's an awesome thought. It's an amazing thing. Hmm. But Jesus Christ, while on earth, as a person, everything that God is, He was displaying on His own. He was given the Spirit without limit, without measure. But right now, going to Romans chapter 2, verse 3, Listen to this. The members of the body has been given a measure of faith. Romans 12, chapter 3. I'm going to read it in the voice translation. Listen here. It says, because of the grace allotted. There's a grace allotted. There is a grace given to us. A grace, a grace for salvation. Open to all. Okay? Meaning everyone is available to partake of this grace so that we can have this intimate relationship with God. But in terms of operating in the world, operating in the gifts and the calling, there's a grace that is imparted to each and every person. And, and Paul is speaking now that there's a grace allotted to him. Because of the grace allotted to me, I can respectfully tell you not to think of yourself as being more important than you are. It's saying, number one, when you talk about grace, grace is what? Unmerited. It means you didn't deserve it. So don't think because you're operating at a certain grace or a certain gift that you're better than the other person sitting beside you. It's still by grace. So that's why it's saying, don't think you're more important than other people. It's, number one, it's by grace anyway. And number two, God was the one who chose to give you that. Not because you look better, you, you're taller or whatever it is. You know, the first time, because people, there's a time, people wanted a king. People wanted, this is in the Old Testament, the Israel, Israelites didn't have a king, but they wanted to follow what the other nations uh, had which is a king. 
So God chose according, according to their standard. Oh, you want a king? Let's look for somebody who looks like a king. He's taller than most, handsome, and you know, he looked like a king. But was he a failure? Yes. We're talking about Saul. And then somebody comes along he did, who did not look like a king, who was set aside even by his dad, David. But David had a heart after God's heart. And that was the one who qualified him and he is still revered until this, until this day. Better than his son Solomon who had all the wisdom. Was David imperfect? Yes, he was imperfect. But did God love him so much? Absolutely. Absolutely. So there's a grace allotted to each and every person. It says here, devote your minds to sound judgment since God has assigned to each of us a measure of faith. A measure of faith. Now listen here. So what I propose to you. God designed for us to operate as a body. Meaning, if we want this is apart from you experiencing, you know, fullness, identification, righteousness, all of that in Christ Jesus. But if we want the world to see who Jesus is, we need to work together. You need the person beside you, on your left, on your right, in front of you, to live peaceably with one another. Even Jesus said, love one another as I have loved you, that the world may know that you are my disciples. We need one another. We need each other. Turn to somebody and say, I need you. I believe there's more, there's more to it than just that, but that'll, you know, we can speak about that some other time. But it says here, in the NIV, it says, according to the faith God has distributed to each of you. But it is in Christ Jesus. Can you imagine this? It is only in the person of Jesus Christ that God dwells. You know, Ephesians, the last part of Ephesians says that his church, listen, his church, I didn't write it down. His church is the fullness of him who fills all in all. Can you imagine what that means? The church is the fullness of Him who fills all in all. Christ fills all in all. But He chose to display His fullness in the church. It is through you and me now that the world will discover what it means to be full. But you won't know what it means to be full unless you find your fullness first in Christ Jesus. And when you realize that, you will see the person beside you. The Bible says, now we consider no one according to the flesh. We consider no one according to the flesh. Regardless how that flesh sitting beside you or work, you're working with, how irritating they can be. Sometimes, sometimes only, huh? There will be friction. There will, that's, you know what? But we can operate 
above that. Amen? Amen. Last things I want to say here before we end. Let me go back to Colossians chapter 2. From verse 9 to 10 in the New Living Translation. Verse 9. Go to verse 9, please. It says here, For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in human body. Verse 10. So you are complete through your union with Christ. Somebody say complete. Well, maybe may, many of you will not know this movie. There was a movie before. Jerry Maguire. Who among you were alive during that time where they showed Jerry Maguire? Raise your hand. It's okay. It's, there's no shame. <laughs> In my research, I came across this movie. Research, no? Because... I wasn't aware then. Jerry Maguire, there's this line that became very popular. You complete me. Sounds so nice no? when you go to somebody that you're longing for and tell them, looking in their eyes with passion and longing and adoration, you go, you complete me. You Yes. Sounds nice, yeah. But the truth is, no matter how much you fill your life with things, with accomplishments, with awards, with people, you can, you can be so nice, you can be so enter, you can be the life of the party, people gravitate towards you, but when they leave, you find this deep loneliness. That's why some of the funniest people in the world that you see in the movies, you find out in their private lives, they're the most depressed and lonely people. Why is that? Because it's not all these things that you try to pack into your heart and you'll think, oh, okay, I'm more complete. No, no, no. There's nothing that will complete you outside of realizing that Jesus is the only one who can complete you. But if you are in Christ, we also need to recognize that you are already complete through your union with Christ. You cannot be more of who you already are. When we go through Scripture, when we read, when we receive revelation, it's just unveiling the fact that this is already who you are in Christ Jesus. It's one thing to know that that's you. It's another to operate that which is already you. What we are learning is how to operate that, how to display that. But the starting point is knowing that really, this is you. You are complete. So the truth is, you can say that line, you complete me. But instead of looking here, you just raise it up a little higher and discover 
that yes, Lord, you complete me. I don't know if you can show it. There's a, there's a picture of a glass. Do you have it there? Well, you know, you, I think you can picture in your mind a glass that's either half full or half empty, depending on how, what kind of a person are you? <laughs> are you a person that will focus on the part that's full or the parts that, that's empty? I'm saying this because in our lives, we need certain things to manifest in our lives, right? Meaning, yes, there are struggles and whatnot. But in here, we want you to focus on what's already there. Who's already in you. Because that's the one that will reveal to you that in truth, in Christ, you have everything you need. You are already blessed. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. We said that. Let's look at that in the Amplified Version. It says here, looking away, the focus is Christ. Not the focus is what's missing. Not the focus is what's broken. The focus is what He's already done. Who He is and who we are in Him. Looking, it says here, I like the Amplified, it says, looking away from all that will distract and looking to Jesus. You can't look to Jesus without looking away from things that will drag you away. It's very hard to live a life going this way. Can you try walking in the mall? Just an experiment later on, going that way. Right? It's hard to live life like that. Looking away from everything that will distract and looking to Jesus. Why? Because He is the author and the finisher. He is the leader and the source of our faith and giving the first incentive for our belief. He is also the finisher, bringing it to maturity and perfection. So let me declare these things to you as we end. That you are complete. New life the fourth, this I say to you. You are completely loved, completely forgiven, completely accepted, you have been made completely new, completely righteous, completely free. I say you are completely healed. You are completely rich. You are completely qualified, completely authorized, completely empowered, completely capable, and completely by the grace of God, you are complete, no need, nothing missing, nothing broken in your life through the one, Jesus Christ. Say that over you. Now, do you mind closing your eyes and bowing your heads? I pray for those of you who have needs, who have certain things that need to be well, filled in their lives, in this realm, in the here and now. I pray that Jesus shows up mightily in your life and be He begins to fix and put together 
and mend and restore and fill to the full all the broken and dislocated places in your life. I pray that you realize that this is something that He's already made available and possible in your life. From your physical body to your relationships to your finances to your concerns at work, your concerns at home, your concerns with your family, in every area of your life. In Jesus' name, Amen. Now just continue to bow your heads and close your eyes. If you are here and you know that you have never given your life to the Lord, that you have never come to a point where you realize, I need Jesus. This is not what I need. This is who I need. Let it be today. You cannot fill your life. You cannot attain your dreams, your passions, or whatever it is that you're aiming for. You cannot even please God outside of Jesus. So if this is you, if you want Jesus in your life, or you want to rededicate your life to Him because somehow you missed your way. Somehow you got distracted. Somehow you looked away from Jesus instead of looking to Him. Let this be this day where you give your life or you rededicate your life. I'm going to count to three. If you know this is you, I want you to raise your hand. Are you ready? Without anybody looking around, I'm going to count to three. When you hear me say three, just raise your hand. Just don't think about other people. Ready? One, two, three. Raise your hand if this is you. Anybody? Go ahead. Raise your hand. Don't be afraid. It's okay. If you raise your hand, don't put it down just yet. I want you to raise your hand. There you go. There you go. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I see some people here on the side. Praise the Lord. Now listen, if you raise your hand, I want you to pray this prayer. I want you to pray it from your heart. I'm going to ask everyone else to pray with you. Say this with me. Jesus, I thank you. Jesus, I thank you. Because you're the only one who can complete me. Because you're the only one who can complete me. All these needs. All these needs. All the lack. All the lack. And all the broken pieces in my life. And all the broken pieces in my life. You're the only one. You are the only one. Who can put it together. Who can put it together. Even this broken heart of mine. Even this broken heart of mine. I offer it to you. I offer it to you. And I receive the life. And I receive the life. The righteous. The new. The whole. And the full life that you give me. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening. For more information, follow us on social media or visit us at newlifethefort.com.